the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.08 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. My topic has been the subject of internet porn as a major culprit in destroying biblical manhood, uh, in destroying good men, in destroying men, period, but particularly in the church. And, And we are investigating through the exhortation of an article that includes John Piper's assessment of the soul shrinking soul shaming, soul gratifying work of internet porn that ends up resulting in our churches being effete with with, with real biblical men. And I shared with you earlier in my monologue that a biblical man is first a provider. That's a problem today. Then he is a warrior. That's a problem today. And then he is a He's a father that is a begetter of children. That's the way the Hebrew triad constructs a biblical man. God created Adam out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. God gave Adam instructions, gave him a job, then gave him a wife. And when we violate all of these fundamental principles that God has given us to have a life that honors God and that bears full bore on the Imago Day, when we fail to follow these principles, everything gets turned upside down. And I exhorted my sisters to pray for the men in the church, not to just show up in their bodies because they can show up in their bodies and be small hearted and small mind and therefore small mouth and therefore not visible leaders. And we need visible leaders. The, we need visible leaders. We need visible, visible leaders of the biblical ilk. First Timothy two, first Timothy three. Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter 18, first Samuel 24, biblical leadership on a male level. That's what we need in our churches. If we are ever to see the world brought back to Christ in a saving knowledge of his glory. Otherwise, the churches will continue to, to kind of just Peter alone as some weird entity that has absolutely no impact on the world because we are not actually addressing the issues that are going on in the church, i.e. Judges 5 and 6 with Deborah, i.e. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now listen to this exhortation, and I'm going back to the phone lines, and I'm glad some men are on there, but I want to hear from some sisters who know this topic as well. Proverbs 28 says, verse 12, when righteous men do rejoice— That is, when they are walking in the glory of a right relationship with God, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, watch this, watch this, a man is hidden. You see the connection? When we allow wickedness to prevail in our lives, true manhood is hidden. I'll quote it again, Proverbs 28, 12, and I'm going to 13. When righteous men do rejoice, that is, when they glory in God, who is the center of their life and who is to whom they have submitted themselves to walk with and fellowship within the light, then there is great, 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 great glorying. 
But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. Where that brother at? He's on his computer. Well, we're out here fighting a battle. Where my brethren at? They're AWOL. Listen to what Proverbs 28, 13 says. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. That's why I say Hassan calling, recognizing the danger and jeopardy of his young children and his wife has done the first step necessary for recovery. It can't stop here, but he's done the first step because he needs to be able to demonstrate an authenticity of his adoption uh, by the Spirit of God and being able to experience the freedom from those dynamics that would completely deny a credible testimony of Christ liberating him from the bondage of sin, the captivity of Satan, and the lust of the flesh. Will he have to fight the rest of his life? Absolutely. Scoot over, brother. But let me go down to line number three and talk with G in Oakland. G, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, so what's your what's your response to our topic today, my brother? Yeah. Well, piggyback on G about, you know, him having a son. That's how I got started with it. Got I got it. a I got a hold of my daddy's collection of porn movies. Yeah. And, you know, that led I that led to uh years of addiction. Okay. Then once I got married I used to watch porn with my wife. Right. We and and that led to infidelity because this was a neither one of us could get satisfied. Right. We just doing too much. Right. Know? Right. But I'm so thankful for pastors like you because I remember in your uh, rules of engagement and yes, your sir. sexuality class, you were screaming at the top of your lungs, "Masturbation is a sin, and you need to stop doing it." And that resonated and it stuck with me. And and you know you just talked about restoration. Yeah. And, and it takes that, and it takes that because, you know, um, I'm just thankful that we. I'm still married because, you know, we both went out and did our thing for a minute. Right, and right. Being under the gospel and learning it from you is what has restarted that uh, restoration process. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, gee, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Piper. There is deliverance, but we got to go head on and get real about cutting off that superficial gratification and go deep into Christ until healing begins. Salvation is about healing, my brother. He saves us by his grace. And then he begins the process of restoration, which requires our cooperation. This is the synergistic dynamic of the new man, along with the spirit of God, gradually moving us away from patterns of the flesh that does not honor God. I am so glad you called to render that testimony, not only for you, but for your wife, because I can tell you, my brother, there are lots of people that are still trapped. Lots of people. Oh, it's hard. I mean, I I, I can't. You know, I know my I got younger relatives, and, 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 you know, I go hang out with them sometime, and, you know, they got it on their phone. Right. I'm like, come on, man, put that away. And they, you know, they ain't trying to hear me, but. Right, but you still got to tell them. You can tell them, you know, what happened to me, and it's going to happen to them, but they ain't trying to hear me. But that's all right. But but you know what, though? Listen, this is where we have been called to the patient exhortation in spite of them hearing one. Here's what I know. And, I, and I'm going to let you go on this one. See, here's what I know. When we when we share the gospel from a big heart, like C.S. Lewis called it, we've lost men with big hearts because men with big hearts have no problem with opening their mouth and telling us the truth. They don't start with. I wonder whether he's going to receive it or not. 
to heck with that. Hey, young man, come here. Let me tell you something, boy. That's going to destroy you. You're on your way to hell if you don't stop. Right. That's going to destroy you. And you know what those young men do? you yelled out. That masturbation is a sin. I ain't never heard that before. I grew up in the Catholic Church. They just say, oh, say five Hail Marys and and then you're good. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. When when we share with men and women what is the appropriate way to conduct ourselves sexually, they may not want to let you know they heard you, but they heard you. And this is why we speak into young people's lives. Say it anyway. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. Let me go to uh, Vita uh, on line two. Vita in Morgan Hill. Vita, are you there? I am here. Right. What's your question or observation or comment on our topic today? I wanted to make you aware of um, Every Man's Battle. It's a book that's put out by New Life Ministries. Yeah, we know it very well. Yes. So I, in case your listeners have not heard about that. Mm-hmm. They also do workshops that deal with this very topic that you're speaking about now. Absolutely. They've been doing it for and a long time. I, I Yes. And I purchased the book for my grandsons mm-hmm. uh, when they were young teenagers. Proactively? I did. I, yes. And did it help them? I, I hope so. They're okay. all, well, three of the four are married. Okay. And uh, so... Um, but I recommend it, and I, I recommend their work for the wives also. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you being proactive as we are dealing with the topic, and I know how important it is that, um, you know, just to, to just to forewarn and to help our young men uh, actually become aware of the subtleties of that whole process, uh, something like, you know, uh, the material that you are, are offering um, will will definitely help um, our young men and our young women as well. So um, it's very important that they, they get a handle on this now because apparently it's unavoidable that our young people are going to be running into porn. It's, it's on every uh, medium that one can imagine. Soft porn is really basically the common staple in our secular system, and that's the gateway. Yes. Thank you for your call, my sister. Bless you. I'm going to take a break. Two lines open, one 367 Two lines open, one 367 We are talking about the internet porn uh, giant, mammoth uh, preoccupation of young men. And, and, and stats have it that women are becoming even more involved in it uh, than, than would have been many, many decades ago. And I can tell you that is in its own right an absolutely fascinating observation because it really tells me uh, that what has been going on in terms of the pressures of our culture to shape and form our citizens into its own image, a very diabolical, uh, demonic image that is so contrary to the nature of the true and the living God. And with the objective of destroying the distinction between male and female, it is no longer a foregone conclusion that women are more virtuous than men. At all. It used to be that men wouldn't even curse around women or say something, you know, unprincipled around women because it was assumed. It wasn't biblically true, but it was assumed that women just did not frequent the sordid world of which we're talking about as much as men. But that was only really due to it being a hyper patriarchal culture. 
in all reality. But now that the walls are broken down and now that the adversary has uh, penetrated into our communication banks 24-7 through our cell phones and other forms of medium, uh, women are also trapped by these same issues. So if you want to call and talk about it and be honest about it, the number is one 367 because truth be told, we need women who have overcome these things to help the downline and the upline in the same line as well. Two lines open, one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back at the time, 624. Let's go to line number two and talk, I'm sorry, line number four and talk with Brenda from Menlo Park. Brenda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's your comment, observation, or um, thoughts on our topic tonight? Well, I wanted to ask what your, um, you know, biblical view is on our young people in high school. And for instance, my son is a sophomore. He just started his sophomore year. And on his list of books is a book called, um, I think it's called The Handmaiden's Tale. And it's just full of all kinds of sexuality and sure. Um, even, even, you know, lesbianism and it's just, he doesn't, he's not read that type of stuff before, nor do I want him to. And so I just wanted to find out like how as a parent, would you help a young man? To me, to me, that uh, that's so unfortunate because that book has nothing at all to offer by way of preparing him for college or the world. It's really sad. Uh, I would I would really want to know what the teachers and what the administration, uh, what their aim is with a book like that. What what would what what proper educational tool would be derived from that. And and, I, and if they're liberal, then, then then the whole goal really for them is to, to really destroy any kind of moral fiber in our kids and thus destroy a righteous judgment call that is discernment on the part of our kids to be able to actually uh, recognize right and wrong and recognize the uh, paths of destruction versus the path of righteousness. The proverb makes it very clear that God is calling our young people to discernment. Now, Again, I don't know how uh, how they would justify a book filled with that level of innuendo as something that is proper and beneficial for them uh, academically for the future. And therefore, I would ask, what, what, why? Now, if this is an optional book, immediately, my son's not reading that. When he's when your son is an adult, he can read whatever he wants to. But right now, as a parent, you you want to be able to um, exercise every veto power you have to right. let to let him know you love him too much for him to just simply be free to wallow in things with which he cannot do any positive good with that material running through his head immediately. Uh, Brenda is going to impact his soul at the psychological, emotional, and then ultimately physiological level where he has to wrestle with images and thoughts internally as as a consequence of a school assignment. Right. And so we have to pray for our young men to have the kind of bold attitude to remain innocent. That's the word. Remain innocent as much as possible so that they don't start a path of private addiction early on because it will happen. It will happen. He is he is not he's nothing but another young man like all of our young men are and we really want to uh, and and you have a strategic position in that as a mother if you hold a high standard of godliness uh, in terms of 
your communion with him, he will know that that standard is to be taken seriously, that he he can't split the screen of of uh, pretending to to think about and care about the things of God. But over here, it's all right because mom and dad don't really care. It is an atrocity when mom and dad don't really care. So we're halfway winning the battle when we let them know vocally and practically, we care about what you're reading. We care about what you're processing. We care about how you process because we are still in the middle of making you become a young man that would be honorable before God. Okay. So we're, yeah, okay. Thank you very yep. much. Thank you very much. Yep, yep, yep. Very serious issue. Very, very serious issue. Line number two, let's talk with Misha in San Jose. Uh, Misha, are you there? Yes, and this is twofold. The first issue is you right. <clears throat> you can't transfer these tendencies to your children without knowledge. And uh I busted I wouldn't say busted, I come across my young boy, thirteen, uh soliciting to porn and says that he liked looking at certain, you know, aspects of the female gender. Sure. And uh, and I'm like, what's up? You know, why why didn't you come talk to me about it? Now, true enough, I'm a, we're, a single, I'm a, we're in a single-parent home, and I'm paying all the roles. Right. But I've never been the type of mother, <laughs> excuse me, that would reject or inhibit my children to come to me regardless of the situation. Yeah, but that doesn't that, that that doesn't that 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 means that has very little merit today. And that that's not that's not that's not a push it's not a pushback. For me but for me I had to let them know that they're welcome to talk about whatever. Right. But because he's a gender of male and I'm a gender female and I'm his mother, that's two knocks out for me. That's right. So then I find out that they were teaching this in sex ed in the classroom without giving me knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I couldn't even prepare my child for what was going on. And now he's having these thoughts and these feelings. He's tried the masturbation and all of that. Right. And so I simply just told him, baby, God does not approve of these kinds of actions from us. Right. I says, you know, God loves you. He didn't create you for that. He created you for a woman. Right. Not for a man, not for yourself, for a woman. Right. And true enough, as a male, you're learning your body is changing, but you can't, you know, allow yourself to fall into that because it leads to harder, harsher things. It may seem like it's nothing at this point, but it begins to grow in itself. And the next thing you know, you're, you're a whole complete person different person than who you are now. That's true. That's very true. want to stay innocent, as you said before, while you can. Because exactly. when you become an adult, everything ceases. Your life is different. You can't revert back. So enjoy your time as a child now so that you can learn, grow, see those things you don't like, and ask God to help you. Now, I'm, I'm going to watch you more, more cautiously now, but also you need to talk to God about that. We're going to pray about it. But you need to be more concerned with, with your soul because this is a way the devil is using it to turn you away from God's love. Without God a doubt. Without God a doubt. not accept it. Right. And the second fold is, me as a mother, I have dabbled in and out of with sexual uh, 
prowess with women and men. Right. And mostly with my my counterparts that I've been with in a long-term relationship. Sure. And it's true. It does take you away from looking at the word, reading the word. Then you start feeling this it's a different kind of guilt other than, oh, I wronged somebody. It's a whole no. It leaves you with a whole nother feeling of, of, of downtrodden, not wanting, not uh, wanting to look for forgiveness. You don't want to accept the forgiveness. You think you're unvalued. You're not worthy that God won't save you. He won't help you, that you're too far in. All of those negative things that Satan wants us to believe, they all encompass and, and involve you when you go through something like that. And I just prayed and I prayed and I said, Lord, I know you don't like it. And when I saw and realized that God was bringing the word to me and showing me these things because I was reading Leviticus, I was reading Genesis, I was reading some things in Romans. I was just going in different places and it was just kept coming up, you know, and I said, this is God trying to tell me something. So when I started to really focus in on what he was telling me, the scriptures he was giving to me, I realized, Lord, and I I, I said, Lord, please forgive me because I wasn't trying to do anything to hurt you. Right. I was just doing it because I thought this was, was the thing to do and because I liked it. Right. But I'm not trying to do anything that's going to render my soul invalid, put me in a place where I can't, you know, come from where God will leave us in our in our uh, demise. Yep. You know, I don't want to be that way. I want to be where God used to love me. You're going to take care of me. You're going to keep looking after me. But also, Father, give me strength that I could, you know, push forward on this. Yeah. There's a lot of black women out here doing things because their man in, involved them in it. There's a lot of women out here doing it because they think the man wants them to do this, and they really don't feel like this. And I'm a church-going girl. Right. You right, know, right. but it's just the fact that you want that you want that relationship, you want that feeling, you want that quote unquote superficial love. Yep. Because you think that's what he's going to give to you, but he doesn't. He's gonna take that and go marry the next woman. It's very you know true. It's very true. And and your words are well spoken, uh and, and a lot of women have resonated with you in terms of just the dynamics of relationships between men and women, let alone its impact on our kids. I'm glad we're spreading it beyond that. And your example of uh, your boy and my previous caller, Brenda, and her son, th- these are exactly the kind of conversations I want to have because the enemy is much like God. God views things in terms of multiple generations. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So is the devil. He wants to destroy your capacity to be effective and therefore destroy your kids so that he can destroy that next generation after them as well. Uh, and that's why our topic is so critically important. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your honesty because you are a paradigm of both the uh, pre-cross work uh, of grace and the post-cross work. Your your passion and zeal to get it right um, is commendable. And may the Lord give you all of the tools and resources to do that and to be a blessing to your sisterhood and all the other young men and women who need to hear from their upline who have been there and done that. Thank you for your contribution. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'll take your phone calls. one 367 Two lines open. one 888 Three six seven five three two nine. We are getting at the matters of uh, this massive, gargantuan, mammoth problem of pornography, soft and hard, that is everywhere present and destroys the hearts and souls of men and women, as you are learning, so that uh, the best we can do um, is go to church. 
and not be the church. And we are really called to be the church. And so we, we hope to be able to minister to you over the next, uh, let's see, 20 minutes relative to, uh, to some, some solutions around how we can be much more authentically committed to the grace of God, uh, recovery and uh, restoration and, uh, and everything else that constitutes what Christ paid for on the cross when he came to redeem sinners such as you and I. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back the time 640. I have one line open, one 367 if you want to call in and, and join on the topic. I'm reminded of what Hosea says in Hosea 411, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. This is what the prophet said about Israel, whom God had depicted as a whore because she had departed from him so many times uh, running to the different nations of the world. God told Hosea to marry a woman who was a, a prostitute herself, who had also been unfaithful to Hosea in order for Hosea to know and experience and to to grieve over infidelity in his own relationship. But what he says in verse 11 of chapter 4 is something we need to take a hold of because literally wine and whores will take away your heart. That is, you cannot be given over to infidelity and porn and drunkenness and think somehow you can do the will of God valiantly. They are mutually exclusive. And we know, we know, we know, we know that the basic pastime culture of our world is nothing but inebriation and sexual uh, promiscuity. So you and I really want to take this to heart because, the, uh, you know, it's, an ex- it's a socially acceptable uh, expression. It is pervasive, as you've already heard. Two of our uh, ladies have called about their children being exposed to it and one of them being trapped by it. This is so common. And and by the way, just to give you, you know, uh, just a little advice. If you if you catch your boys or even your girls smoking the marijuana or tipping at the, you know, alcohol, um, you can know they're doing porn. Just know that they go hand in hand. Let me go to line number one and talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, are you there? Hello. Hi. I think it's like leprosy. Like what? Leprosy. Okay. What do you know about it? I know that it numbs. It numbs the soul. Uh huh. Can Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sure can. So that people can be destroyed little by little and not even know they're in danger. I think that's a good observation. Are you are you speaking from speculation or from experience? I'm speaking from um, not my own experience, but the experience of others that have told me so. Yeah, it numbs them and makes them unable to actually interact with people in a healthy way. Yes. And like leprosy, it spreads. Yes. Okay. And it eventually destroys them bit by bit until they're completely... Oh, wasted away. Yeah, I, that's what I'm learning. That's that's what I'm learning. It's a very sad, very sad existence. You know, a very sad existence. Very sad existence. Thank you, Deb. Let me go to line number number three and talk with Misty. Misty, what say ye on our topic today? Well, this is a really heartbreaking issue. You know, I I honestly think it's the number one. I think it's the number one weapon uh, that the enemy uses uh, in our entire world. 
You might be right about um, that because I'm having a hard time finding something worse. Well, it's behind every other sin, so to speak, in a way. I mean, it's behind what drives money towards right. bad places would be sex. What right. drives drugs into bad places would be sex. Yeah. I mean, it's very it's very complex. Yeah. And coming from a heart that understands, I don't know how to say it, uh, the Father's heart is a heart of purity. And it's the one thing that basically really, truly lacks in this world. And I just so grieve for relationships to be what they should have done before the fall and before the broken broken world. And even people that are in relationships that, let's say, are married, there's a lot of people that really still don't even have true intimacy. That's right. And, And no matter which way you dice it down, I mean, for me, I'd rather just sit and talk with someone at this point and hold hands, and just have someone who can hear me, and basically who has my back thick and thin. All the other stuff would just be icing on the cake if, you know, if you find the right uh, person to have your life with. But the saddest thing about this society right now is, honestly, it's non-existent. I mean, you, you, you can, I mean, you know, if you're married, then, you know, you've been married for years, you have your, your spouse, hopefully you have a good, a good relationship, and you have true intimacy. But true intimacy is such a rare, rare thing. Sex was created for that loving bond that is so deep that it's almost, it, it, you know, it, it, it can just destroy people, yep. honestly. Yep. They, they can't communicate. They can't, they can't you feel uh, people become used. There's yep. so many ways that it's destruction. Yep. And the bottom line is, I mean, I would call out in my heart to men, and I really think, I, I know that, you know, you're going to think it goes both ways, but I really feel that this is a man's issue to step into that gap. What women truly want is they want to be honored and cherished and loved. And yep. if that yep. were to start happening, everything would change. And, you know, there's one way that, that, that we could change a nation with sexual problems, and it would the only way would be if there was not one woman on the planet that was available to one man yep. uh, because it, porn has men and women yep. and it, it's just so it, there's no way to turn it back because the way that you can feel love and the way that you feel connected and when you do love someone things start to branch out and they go deeper but the bottom line is it's never true intimacy anymore it's yep. always about what that person wants to feel and yep. a deflection from their feeling and a and uh uh, a high. When you love somebody, it doesn't have to be only a high. It's it's basically a low. When somebody's sick, you're at their bedside. When somebody needs you, there's a love that's deeper. And this society does not have that. And I can see that as a single woman going, I'm standing here every which way that Sunday, you know, waiting for that one deep deep spirit, but, you know, people are superficial in a lot of ways, and men do not want to go into that intimate place because it's very scary for anybody involved. But something's got to change, and the devil's got his hands in it, the hotbed. It's the number one hotbed in the world, and it, it, it basically, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, has made the whole scenario 
disgusting. If, Listen, if you know what I'm saying. I do. You, you, your words were clear, unedited. Not, nothing else need to be said. We'll just keep praying and keep fighting. Thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. Then I'm going to come back and close with Mike and Jay. Uh, on the Monday edition of Life. Now, I, I mean that. I, I could have expanded, but Misty put it very well. She acknowledged that it is universally pervasive. It has corrupted uh, any kind of authentic and genuine intimacy. It seems to be a kind of uh, um, virus that makes all of us uh, subjected to superficiality if we aren't pressing into uh, what her ultimate premise was is that God's heart is a heart of purity uh, and that's absolutely right that's absolutely right and where purity is not a dominant dominant theme in our spirit it's easy for us to wallow in the mire of perversion but there are costs there are prices we pay for it I'm going to take a break when I come back I'll take your phone calls one 888 329 on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 6.52. We've got a few moments. Let's go to line number four and talk with Mike in the Bay Area. Mike, what's your question, comment, or observation on our topic? Uh, yes. Hello, Pastor. This is Mike from Grace. Yes. How are you? I'm good, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, your topic. It's... Uh, I'm very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just want to, the reason why I'm calling in is because I want to hopefully say something that will encourage the young men out there. Right. Uh, I uh, this started with me very, very young mm-hmm. as a child. Yeah. I'm 55 now. Right. This thing has been a ball and chain all my life. Right. But I come from multiple addictions. Right, and the Lord has delivered me from from them all, almost. Amen, amen. Uh, and and I am so grateful <clears throat> for that. Uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I had slipped into this, back <laughs> into this. That uh, I, 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 it just happened, and I, I am that I am definitely the wretched man spoken of in in, in Romans seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I just want to tell the, just explain that this thing is progressive. Okay. And, 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 and for these, to turn from it, it, it don't even, uh, look at those, that, this stuff it, turn from it and, and, uh, ask the Lord to, to head you in on it. Uh, it's, it's, it's very dangerous. It will it will definitely, like Piper says, jack up your mind, your soul, and everything. And even though you have had liberty for a long time, and I've seen that liberty in your life, you admit and that it has a kind of wounding effect that leaves one always in jeopardy. And it's something that just should never, ever, uh, a man should never, a woman should never allow to just take a hold of them because it will keep them in that space where they are always, it's always lurking in the back of the mind and it just is a it's a chain and ball isn't it yes it is sir and uh it's it's i would say from my experience it's one of the worst addictions there is right right i agree with you and and i have now i i do everything i can to put up barriers and and you know uh accountability issue thing situation yep 
all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Including, I love, I love the preaching of the gospel. Right. I love the Lord Jesus. Well, Christ. for me, for me, Mike, uh, and you know this is the case. Um, I, if I could have two other hours, two more hours, I would talk about how important it is for a man or a woman to be under rich, deep, sound. I mean, shallow teaching is not going to do it. Shallow preaching is not going to do it. Emotionalism, mysticism, legalism is not going to do it. Pressing into the realities of the person and work of Christ at a deep level, a deep, deep level, a massively deep level, deep enough so that the soul actually can experience a sanctifying process as a consequence of the washing of the water of the word is the only way a man or a woman is going to come up out of the bondage of that field. And you and I know that this is why God is graced us not to be lazy about being under the hearing of the word of God with a heart responsive to it because our liberty our liberty is in like the psalmist says and I will walk at liberty because I seek your precepts thank you for your call my dear brother let me go to line number let me go to line number two and talk with Jan Oakland Jay are you there yes hi hi we got one minute with you good so I was calling because I feel like it's there's a lot of men that are incarcerated. My brother was, he got out and they all, you know, are driven to porn, you know, or pictures or, you know, on the phone. And, and so he's married and I wanted to know, and I'm saved and I just want him to feel what I feel because I don't fornicate. And it's been like a long time and I'm just so in love with the Lord. And I always try to encourage and uplift and give good advice because he's married and I feel sorry for his wife and I don't know what to say to him. I want to know because he gave me his phone one night and I saw pictures of women and I'm like, what are you doing? He needs counsel. So, yeah. No, he needs counsel, sis. The only way it's going to work for him is for him to be in a kind of counseling context that helps him face the deep, deep, deep trigger points in his psyche, trigger points in his nature, because there are trigger points like addiction. See, it's an addiction as well as a a sin. And sin is bondage. It is a cord. And he needs to know the trigger points and he needs to know the cords so that between his prayer for an earnest seeking of God and the spirit of God, those cords can be snapped. They can be snapped. Michael just called. He knows, and I know so many brothers who know the freedom, but but your your brother is going to have to take this matter seriously. Otherwise, his wife will never gratify him, and it will be a poor marriage. And so he's going to have to seek counsel and be serious about calling on God. Church won't do. Religion won't do. He needs the power of grace to help him cut the cords. Mm-hmm. We, Amen to that. Okay. We will keep him in prayer. Thank you. Bless you. Okay. All right, line number one. James, I got one minute, brother. One minute. Holla at me. Well, I just want to holler at you. I just wanted to encourage you uh, for the topic on the night. And I know that you already know the source of the problem. Obviously, foreign is just a symptom of the bigger problem. And you just hit it with the last caller. Without sound doctrine, we're not going to get anywhere. And I'm able to encourage any man that's in the church why they're, that's really one reason why they're taking the back seat is because, you know, when you come into the church, they, they want to put men to work. Right. The men first have to be disciple. Right. They first have to develop a relationship. Right. And that takes time. We can't interview men with, with secular world qualifications. They must have, uh, they must meet the biblical qualifications before they can do anything for the Lord in the church or, 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 or
lives. Amen. So it's just an encouragement to you and to uh, all the brothers out there that's going through it by the grace of God. That, that was never me. That's why I didn't call in. I gave my call time up to someone else. Amen. But I still want to encourage you, you as well as the brothers. Amen? Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Y'all heard it. Um, pray for me. I'll pray for you. We're going to keep it going because we can play church or be the church. And it's going to take the grace of God to overcome this hellish stuff. I mean it. Bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.